What up, people? Welcome to Ambiance Podcast. My name is Levi. I'm the host. I know that there's a lot of craziness right now going on around the world, so I'm sending my positive thoughts your way. I hope that you're using this time to work on yourself, to better yourself, and to game plan for the future. Today's guest, he goes by the name of Kaylin Ellis. He is a multi-platinum music producer out of Orlando, Florida. Kalen is really just a solid-ass dude overall. He talks a lot about how he uses music as a tool to serve and inspire other people. He He's all about being the best version of himself and inspiring other people to be the best versions of themselves as well. So if you've listened to Ambiance in the past, you know that that's what we're all about. So we had an amazing conversation. Do me a favor if you like the episode, check out some of the other episodes. We've had some amazing guests on in the past and subscribe to the channel. Other than that, we're going to let this one ride out. Here's episode 28 with Kaylin Ellis. My name is Kaylin Ellis and you're now tuned in to Ambiance Podcast. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to go live in three, two, one. What up, people? Welcome to Ambiance Podcast. I got a very special guest sitting to the right of me. He goes by the name of Kalen Ellis. He is a producer coming from Orlando, Florida. Kalen, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. What's good? What's good? I I know uh, I've definitely been watching a lot of the podcasts that you guys do, so I'm definitely a fan. Awesome, man. That means a lot. That means a lot. And I know we were trying to work it out for a cool minute, and... Coming from Orlando, I was like, I don't know how we're going to make this happen, but shit, you're just like, I'm pulling up to LA. Yeah. Say I, less. I knew as soon as like my homie was like, yo, you should you should come through and do a show. I was like, who <laughs> who can I connect with? Like, I need to connect with, I need now. Like, I need I need to, need to, it's all about bridging communities. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, all right, let's do this. I love it. I love it. But Kaylin, Kaylin Ellis, what the fuck is going on in the world right now with this, uh, this virus. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's a combination of a lot of things, man. It's the combination of you know one that I personally believe. I'm I'm glad that people are now waking up to like you know health, uh, and you know actually you know washing their hands now. <laughs> like, did you could you believe like before this people weren't actually like washing their hands? Yo, really? Honestly though, people were not washing their hands like after the bathroom, after anything. I mean, I wash my hands a lot more than I used to, but I, 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 there's some commonality things you should do to wash your hands like. Yeah, like it's it's important to lather, rinse and repeat. <laughs> okay. Hey, so, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I um I, I Cause like uh, I have uh, some family members that are like you know heavy in like you know the the health health field, and one thing for sure is we always have soap and hand sanitizer just around the crib. That's a must. It's a must. Essentials. Like even if you sneeze, we literally will sanitize the whole area. <laughs> like and this is like pre coronavirus. Like we we just made sure the area is clean. Like so, what is post coronavirus? Uh, like you take it to another level of sanitation uh, yeah <laughs> everything like you're lathering rinse and repeating then you add in hand sanitizer and then you just you wash your hands again he over here in the shower scrubbing his kneecaps <laughs> <laughs> uh, i gotta get everything Jeez, yeah yeah but it's it's important uh you know that that you know 
it, 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 it sucks that it's this situation that gets people to like, all right, maybe I need to start doing the right thing when I go to the bathroom now. Yeah, to wake up. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, personally, personally to me, when it comes to the corona, uh, I do think, you know, people are waking up and two, there's a, there's a lot of like, is what the reports that are coming out like legitimate? Yeah. Uh, are, are, is everything we're, we're being fed as far as information rise like correct? Uh, I even watched a video. I think Singapore, uh, they actually had this thing where if you have a fever, you don't get in. You're getting sent right back. Oh, like you don't <laughs> get into the country? Not at all. Like everything is getting like everything is clean. Like nobody who has a fever over a certain amount or if you're like sneezing or you're sick, you're not getting in at all. It's it's so crazy because so many different states and countries are in like different stages of this like pandemic now it's called. So like yeah, 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 yeah. everybody's has these different laws and it's like <laughs> what's going on? Like I don't I don't know what's going on. It's insane. It's yeah. insane, man. It feels almost like it's feeling like the end of the world. And like you said, like Nobody, uh, nobody really knows like what actually is going on because the press could be overhyping it. Mm-hmm. Government could be trying to like, keep it under wraps when it's worse than it is. Oh yeah, it could be like so many different things. Yeah, they've done this like, and, and it's like it's weird because there's certain media outlets where you know you can, they are. Yeah, <laughs> and then other ones like all right, they come they're coming out with legit information. Like they did this about, I remember when Ebola. And mm-hmm. the um, Zika virus back in 2016, that, yeah, that yeah. those two viruses were like the only thing I used to hear about. Matter of fact, I heard about it so much. A couple of my homies, we actually have this this running joke where like if something crazy were to happen, we'd like blame it on Ebola. <laughs> like, why, why couldn't you make it on time, man? Oh, my car's got Ebola. <laughs> That's crazy. So, but yeah, like we... You just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Well, that. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't know, like, in my lifetime. But mm-hmm. just the amount of things that have gotten canceled is crazy. Like, oh, MLB, yeah. MBA, like, people aren't allowed to go to work anymore. It's, oh, yeah. It's crazy. You heard about Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert was one of the – Rudy Gobert and um, Donovan Mitchell, two players that actually were – actually had the coronavirus oh really i didn't yeah. know i didn't because they were making fun of rudy gobert like maybe he might be sick and then it did it, like it popped up today that he actually had wow the they spoke that shit into existence yeah and it was in it, it it makes it, it makes no sense that twitter is like even more insane with it they decided to uh be like hey um we're gonna retweet a tweet from rudy gobert's past back in 2014 and all he said in clear words was got it and everybody <laughs> <laughs> just like that aged nicely yeah. <laughs> and then everybody below it it was just like no <laughs> why this is awful <laughs> yo that's fucking crazy you're what they say like they had like so you know Stephen a smith right he, yeah, yeah his memes where he's like he's just it's gray and then he, in the oh, back, he's <laughs> screaming like i'm having a very bad day <laughs> it was like he's falling like, yeah. i yeah. know what you're talking about oh uh, but yeah, they everybody was just like, why, why are we retweeting this right now? Yeah, the, Twitter has no, uh, no gray area. None it's, at uh, all. Yeah, it's it's no, uh, there's no, a savage, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah, there's no borderline. But, anyways, so you're out in LA right now. Why are you out in LA for? Uh, I actually have a show um, at the uh, MCAU Art Gallery. Okay. Uh, Glendale Boulevard. It's my first time. In about two years that I'm actually been back out here in LA. Okay. So and that's uh 
tomorrow, right? Oh, you yeah, said? tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. If you're hearing this, it popped past already. So I guess follow him on Instagram to see how it went, <laughs> which is K Kaylin Ellis. Yeah, Kaylin Ellis. K A E L I N E L L I S. Yeah, man, your Instagram is so interesting. Your goofy ass like <laughs> posts, and then but they're like, have you? Do you have a TikTok account? I just got into TikTok. I don't upload it as much. Like I should be more consistent with uploading all on, across all social media, but. Yeah, I do have a TikTok. It, your videos look like they belong on TikTok, on TikTok. bro. Like, because yeah, <laughs> I don't have a TikTok, but yeah, um, I had insightful shout out to insightful on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago, and he was talking talking to me about how he's utilizing a uh, TikTok by just like I don't know the, the posts you got are like perfect for TikTok that like pocket. less than a minute. Perfect time. Little yeah. clip clips like that. Yeah. And and what's so weird is uh I feel like within like social media and TikTok they kinda play into like how I like do music and whatnot. Really? Yeah. Cause, what do like, you mean by that? <clears throat> Cause growing up I used to have a bad habit. Cause like for me I would make a bunch of beats, but they would be literally loops. Cause I make my beat my beats in like four bar loops and I would just loop it over and over and over and add stuff, take away stuff. And essentially i thought about it i was like you know i'm making beats that are literally 35 seconds long what if i just film the process of what me actually making a beat okay and then actually put it into a video i, I like I, I realized i didn't have to like put a two minute long video i could just do everything within less than a minute yeah and that's that's really good i feel like for retention of people because naturally we're just like or not naturally but society has made us so like short attention span to the point where like we're always looking for a switch up, so I feel like that works in your favor. Oh yeah, it was the first time that I actually like, I actually like tried it because it first started where I was just really, I would be really bored at the end of like like a day that I'm just producing a lot of tracks for different people, and I'm like, all right, I have a moment to myself to just kind of have some fun, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> uh, I think one video totally didn't even expect anything to like come of it. I like made a made a video of me playing like shedding before I actually ended up going to bed because like the way I looked I didn't have my glasses or anything, and so I just I had started playing I recorded it, and then I put the audio on the video and I posted it to Twitter and I go to bed the very like I go to bed and I wake up the very next day and it's at like twenty thousand, the video keeps growing over the overnight and I'm like I'm not <laughs> doing anything different than I, what I usually do. Uh, but it, it was like the first time I was like, all right, this could actually be a thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I didn't realize a lot of people actually like watching the creative process. Right. Like people actually create music. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. dope to see, though, you don't like take yourself too seriously. You just, just put it out fun, there. Man. Yeah. Put it out into the world. Having fun. Mess ups and all. You're, you're going <laughs> to see it. <laughs> yeah. I love to see it. Um, but yeah, so do you, you do you come out to LA often? You said last time was two years ago. That was two years ago. I I, I want to start coming out to LA more often because I have a lot of uh, friends out here. Yeah, a lot of friends, a lot of people that I've been like working on music with for like the last eight or nine years. Wow. So it's a good place to make connections, right, in the industry for you. Yeah, I I think here, and here and um, New York. Yeah, have been really two really two really cool places. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like music wise and growing up, that's all I ever used to listen to is like New York hip hop beats and West Coast really? music. Yeah. There's those two. Yeah. That's dope. Um, what are some things you hate and love about LA? What I I don't like the traffic. Oh, oh yeah. The traffic. Um what I love about LA? 
There is, I came across this one crazy food spot. Not really? Too, I forgot what the name of it was, but it was actually like Spanish, like tacos. Okay. And this is a great place for tacos, 100%. And like, in, in everywhere, there's like really dope tacos. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't really miss like out yeah. here. And I'm and for me, I'm a foodie, so I, I okay. love to like try different different foods. But if if you give me a good taco, I'm I'm set, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to take advantage of it while you're at that place that has that food. That's great. Oh yeah. What is what is Orlando known for for food? Orlando's more like Orlando's more like Puerto Rican, Cuban, Dominican food, and I in in like the uh, my phone. Oh I think God. it's my computer as oh. well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Orlando is more more like Hispanic and Latin. Okay. Uh, it's it, it, But also, too, at the same time, within music, too, there's also, like, tacos. But then the music right down the road would be, like, the hottest R&B on the radio. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, it's, like, a crazy, like, combination of just uh, Latin culture and uh, R&B music, like, everywhere. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's also a, a weird connection between like uh, Miami with the uh, like you know the the rap music with like XXX Tentacion. Yeah, those those type mm-hmm. of guys. That sound is like heavy in Miami, and then it kind of like translates over to Orlando, and it just moves on up throughout the state. What about uh, what about Kodak and like that Kodak, whole that whole scene? That's like that like that sound that that he as an artist kind of like embodies what i kind of grew up on like he's like the 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 product of like when i grew up listening to a lot of artists like the the like the like little wayne when he was younger uh birdman when he was younger it's like the the byproduct of like all those really big hit records uh master p uh throughout throughout the years like he's He's kind of like that guy. When you go in Florida, you right. literally will hear him Kodak Black record down the road. Yeah, they really mess with them hard over there. Heavy, I heavy. Uh, I, that's why, like, I think a couple of friends of mine were like really like, they were like, um, super turned off at that Cardi B kind of like jacked the song from him in a way. She she jacked the song from him. She she literally said, "I know I use his song, but y'all like mine's better though." Like, what song did she use? It was a uh, boat like something something yellow. Bodak Yellow. Bodak that Yellow. That was Kodak song first. He has a he has exact same songs, exact same flow, exact same. Well, I keep, I'm gonna turn this. You're good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the same exact song. Like same. Uh, these is bare bottom. These is blood issue. He has the same exact flow and all that. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. The same the flow. Okay. Same flow. Same like approach to the song. It was the same exact song. So it wasn't like anything particularly different. Right. Okay. When Cardi B dropped it, but I think because she has more, like she had more commercial success at the time, it kind of like just boom. It made sense. It made sense. I feel you. Yeah. Um. What about you? How did you get involved into music, like from the jump? Oh man. So, it all started because my on my father's side, um, my grandmother used to be a uh, uh, a gospel gospel singer gospel okay. artist back in like the 60s and 70s and uh at one point she ended up losing her voice she was actually signed to this company called Zavoy Malico Malico Records has like Shirley Caesar okay Shirley Caesar was like the she they she's an incredibly uh like legendary gospel artist but 
a lot of people in the mainstream world know her for greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, the chicken. Like she's it's a Thanksgiving song that she literally like goes on and on about food. Oh and shit. They, they made like a trap remix from her really? song. But like I grew up listening to all of her classic gospel records throughout the years. Like I used to play uh, drums in church. Uh, my dad would play keys and from my dad is how I ended up getting really into music. Because okay. he, he, he introduced me to FL Studio when I was like, I think I had to be like six. Six? I was like six years old when he really got me into it. It was like. Wow. Because first it was, a, it was a, Sony used to have this product called Jam Tracks. And then my dad was like, I kind of, I just want to like, you know, figure out what the technology is with playing the keyboard. And so <clears throat> I come into the, the front room one morning, one day, and he was just like, yo, check this out. And so he, he loads up the demo version of FL Studio and he's like triggering the sound of, of him like like singing and he's chopping his voice on the FL Studio thing. I'm like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. I've never seen anybody be able to like take their voice and like hit the key and like play and re-trigger it. And I just thought it was so cool. And I got really hooked to it. And so I'd, I'd been making music ever since. Man. That is crazy young. Like, yeah. I, could, I don't remember what I was doing when I was six. I, I literally <laughs> didn't do anything except for just sit behind a lot computer. <laughs> you think that helps out with you like now just being that you've had you've had so much experience with it that yeah. now you're comfortable? Yeah. I'm I'm like a I'm like a, a, a computer nerd. Okay. So like growing up just being behind a computer all the time, like knowing how it works, I guess that that upbringing with just computers and you know being around sounds like i would even go into like the windows xp um uh computer to see like what sounds it had on the computer and try and make beats with that type of thing because i just i just liked sounds i just like really cool sounds yeah and so yeah it it, it it really benefited me now like looking back at it um it, it, i now listen intensely intensively to music so yeah that makes sense because your music i've listened to like a few tracks and you it seems like you have like you have a lot of different sounds going on and it's like obviously really different so that's probably makes sense why it's like rooted back to your childhood then right oh yeah oh yeah my upbringing was literally i would i'd be at, at school i'd hear um i'd hear a lot of music my mom would actually play this uh growing up my mom played uh the smooth jazz radio station called WSJT 94.1 Smooth Wow, jazz. you remember that? Like I <laughs> never forget it because every day, every morning, they always play some smooth vibes. Okay. The smooth, like, it would be like a very popular song on the radio, and there's somebody playing sax covering the song, and it was chords, jazz, and I was just like, ooh, can you leave this on, Mom? Because this just <laughs> feels right. And so I would listen to it every single day, and wow, that was like, that was like the go-to. So you had a mature taste of music then, even from a, from that young? Because I feel like a lot of kids weren't listening to that, right? Not at all, man. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I, I realized when I had hit middle school, because I didn't really hang out with a lot of kids back then. Okay. Uh, but I, I remember <clears throat> it was middle school, and I remember, I think, 2007 or 2008, Lil Wayne had the Amelie hit. Oh yeah, and that, that was, was like the biggest record that was yeah. being played around the whole locker room. I remember being heavily introduced to Adult Swim music and Radiohead when I hit middle school, 
when I was in sixth grade, I heard like Kid A for the first time and I got hooked. And I was already on the computer, so like YouTube was just in its infancy stages. People would okay. upload the music on YouTube and I just got really into it and I think everybody was playing the Amelie hit and I'm like, Have y'all heard that radio head though? <laughs> and they're like, Radio who? <laughs> Like if you're not talking about Lil Wayne, we don't want to talk about. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. Nah, <laughs> not at all. I, that's when I realized I'm like, nah, you've been listening to the music everybody. Yeah, to. that Radiohead though. Great kid, hey man. Oh, yeah. that that changed my brain. Right. So yeah, it, it was. That was that was that. That was that for sure. When did you start getting more serious into music? Because I'm sure at first you were more just, like, messing around with it. So when did you start, like, yeah, taking it more seriously? I guess it kind of just grew into something that I really enjoy. Because even when I was making music in my in the SoundCloud era, when producers were, like, kind of beginning to uh, get really well-known, like the Catronadas of the world, yeah. the Sangos of the world, mm-hmm. I remember I was making a lot of music. But at the same time, I wasn't focused on it. Like, my my main focus at the time was just, like, I want to, like, be an athlete in high school and just, like, play basketball. But I make beats on the side, too. And I remember I would just upload a bunch of these tracks. And so I think one time I suffered a really, really bad breakup. In high school? Yeah, in high school. It was, like, Oof. awful. And, and, it, and it messed me up because it was a it was a – it was a girl that I had talked to for maybe a good two years. Like we grew up together. Was it like first love type of thing? Yeah, bro. Oh, and <clears throat> what happened was I think that was what propelled me to use music as like uh, a way to kind of cope with things. And so when uh, the breakup happened around the exact same time, Miley Cyrus came out with Wrecking Ball. And me being the crazy guy that I used to sample some weird sounds, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take this song and... Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. I remixed Wrecking Ball. Wow. That's crazy. Years ago. And I didn't know that song that I had remixed and I uploaded to SoundCloud. It's like almost... It's already at like a quarter of a million streams. Really? On SoundCloud. And it was like, I didn't realize what that had did. Like everybody was following me. They were reposting it. There People were playing in their shows. And it started popping up on YouTube. And then my mom was just like, Kaylin, didn't you make, make this? I was like, yeah. And it was like, someone just reposted that on their, their YouTube page. And oh, I was like, shit. And, and so I had, I remember I just made a bunch of remixes. And someone, I forgot what it, oh, I remember uh, Aaron Bear. She used to be, and she might still be, she is a, uh instructor, I believe, at the Berkeley School. Um, and she don't quote me completely on that. Okay. She's, she's, she's definitely an instructor. She helps uh, a lot of students, but she actually reached out to me when she was doing her music, uh, independently. And she was like, I heard what you did with the Miley Cyrus remix. I want you to do that for one of my songs. And that's when I was like, how did she find you? She, she found me because one of her coworkers actually played the song in her, like in her office. Okay. And it was weird. Cause like, I'm, I'm. Lakeland, Florida. You're in a whole different side of the totally country. Totally different side of the country. The music over there is not even people don't even embrace that type of sound in uh in Orlando and Lakeland at that point. I don't think Joe K had did a Miami show yet. Right. There. And um <clears throat> it was only 2012, 2013 and just I just remember she sent me a note and was like 
she had a she she first e- emailed me like what's your address and i was like that's my address and she gave me a note gave me a check for like 500 bucks and told me like when you hit like your mid-20s like i really feel like you're gonna be somebody special just keep doing what you're just some do. random lady had that faith in you dog it was the first time where it was like wow and i really enjoy it but it wasn't about the money that i was getting for it it was like i enjoy doing what i do and someone actually like paid me to do it yeah if you if you like dissect that like somebody doesn't even know who you are on the whole other side of the country who's also a professor yeah just like had that much faith in you it's crazy and that was the most and that was the scariest thing about it because i remember she gave me the money for it like we had did a whole deal and everything and I remember I sat, I was sitting there with the acapella. I'm like, how am I going to do that with what I did with the Miley Cyrus thing? That was like a, a moment. It was yeah. like, I was, exp- I was feeling an emotion. I kind of like put it into the music, mm-hmm. but then. How are you going to recreate that? How am I going to recreate that? And so that's when I started like, I guess when I was, I, I figured it out real young that you can utilize what you experience as like inspiration to make music mm. kind of like when a songwriter is feeling emotion and they write how they feel through lyrics i just happen to do that with like sounds and stuff okay that's why that's why adele shit hit so hard hey dude <laughs> <laughs> oh, man i probably i probably cried so many times there, so many times. there's fans like waiting on her to like have a bre- serious bad breakup, breakup so yeah. she can come out with some fire <laughs> like oh man yeah they recently just someone just memed her actually walking out of a car and she was just like Oh, <laughs> like yep. There's an album coming. There's <laughs> that must be an album coming. Got to be a project. That's wild though. So was that when you first kind of realized that damn, I could I could actually do something with this and uh, I can make something happen? Oh yeah, like it, and it was weird. It was weird because like I am feeling like and also because like growing up listening to Flying Lotus. Flying Lotus was the only guy that would take a sound and express how he felt through the sound. So mm-hmm. I was like, dang, maybe I could probably do the same thing, but my own way. Cause I, I grew up it, like not really having like a, a key pinpoint way to be able to express myself as a kid. And so the only way that I was, I've been able to do that was through music and okay. art. And so, yeah, that was like, that was like very pinnacle. That 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 was when I realized like it it's possible. It's That's totally dope. Possible. So many people like like that like Fly Low, um, Pharrell, J J D. Just like people that kind of paved the road for people to be so experimental like in their music, right? Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's it's nuts and and it's insane because I came across J J Dilla's music accidentally. I remember my dad and it's weird how like. Even though you look up your favorite artists, everybody somehow some way is connected in a way. So um, there's an artist by the name of Ty Tribbett. Ty Tribbett was he, he's well he still is. He's probably one of the greatest gospel like artists on the planet, along with like Kirk Franklin and all those guys. Right. But uh, around the 2004 ish mark, there is actually a record that Common came out with called electric circus he has I've all these circus. faces all on the cover if you go around and look around you see like jill scott you'll see like jay dilla really but then you'll see ty tribbett's face on the cover he actually has like this dilla-esque sound and it was like the dirty neo soul sound that was like wow. in the 2000s he was like a part of that whole 
inspiration. And so I remember my dad was like, yeah, I'm trying to find this bass player that plays for Ty Tribute. Ty Tribute had a bass player named Jay Deal. My dad didn't know how to spell his name right because we weren't sure if it was Jay Deal or JD. We look up JD, all these Jay Dilla instrumentals pop oh. up on YouTube. <laughs> and we click on it. We're just going through all this stuff. And it's like, man, this is hard. Like, you hear that bass line? We're thinking like, yo, this is like JD. <laughs> and then we look up like, so what is JD doing? And find out JD actually died from lupus. It was the wrong person though. Right. We're looking for Jay Deal though at the same time. So I remember we like my dad was like, oh, that was the wrong person. I was like, oh, damn. But still, <laughs> JD is cold. Yeah. Like, and so I remember listening to the, it was the first instrumental. It might still be up on YouTube. It was called La La La. On a, it's like two million, three million streams, but it was like the first Jay Dilla beat that I'd ever heard in my life. Mm. I was like, I need to listen more to like, because he's, it sounds like his, how he's feeling is in the song. Yeah. And so it's like a whole, it probably like opened up like a whole new world, huh? It's just like, it was, wow. It was nuts. It was something that I didn't expect as a 11, 12 year old to kind of like come across. Right. But hearing it consistently where I was like, I hear more of it all the time. Then I started like trying to create tracks like it. It didn't really work out so well <laughs> at the beginning, but I was like, I was like learning. Yeah. And so yeah does do you still kind of do that now do you find inspiration from like people you hear now and oh uh, man and yeah. if you do like who are some of those people as of late there's this one dude named chuck sutton he mm. i might be saying his name wrong but man that brother is cold-blooded i i he has this new project uh that came out maybe last year but i it's been on repeat because like he utilizes what I've been trying to like learn about within music production, which is like silence in space. When you listen to space and listen to certain like really big pop music and really big hip hop tracks, there's a lot of space to kind of be like, all right, it has a bounce. It has a you could play it in a party and people move and they dance. Uh, but Chuck Sutton has that like that sound man like literally you could play it at a function and people will go crazy what kind of like genre is it it's, it's definitely like it's like a combination of like electronic hip-hop there's some uh rap involved but he experience experiments with like this silence and edm as well mm. like he had because he also has like an edm background i believe but like he like he really like it's like it's like hudson mohawk from like the butter sounds era 2009 when Hudson Mohawk used to do a lot of crazy experimenting with like hip hop beats and just making it sound like is being glitched and yeah, like he does the same thing, bro. And I'm like, damn, that's so tight. I love it when so, artists do that because you're meshing in like two different realms and like you're tapping to do two different audiences too. It's like hip hop, EDM, yeah, electronic. Yeah. Like they can all get down with it, and it just it's, meshes it's, these worlds. Yeah, man. There's nothing like a, a diverse like palette to be able to be able to play that type of music and be mm -hmm. able to create it and inspire people with it too yeah what how would you describe your your sound it's so different like what would you you don't have to label it i, I don't uh, like i don't believe in that but yeah. how would you if, if if i was just like just met you kaylin like i've never heard a track like what is your what is your sound i because it's i because i do so many different types of styles man I do like, I do like uh, 
a lot of electronic. I do a lot of hip hop, but essentially it's just sounds from the soul, man. Like it's something, whatever I'm feeling. And if I'm in a room setting and I'm creating like music and I'm just, I'm just like inspired by something specific, then I'll, I'll just, it's just something that I'm feeling like I, I can, I can literally create uh, indie or alternative music, but it's just something that I'm feeling at the moment. And it's just sounds from the soul. That's sounds from the soul. Sounds from the soul. Yeah. Trademark that. That's hard. Damn, sounds from the soul. Sounds from the soul. Okay. That's, that's pretty hard. I like it. I'm going to keep that. Yeah. As you should. Um, so what is your creation process like then when you, cause I know you said a lot of it comes from emotion and things like that. What is, what is like a day go for, go, go like when you're making a track? So it kind of varies sometimes. So, cause sometimes I actually have like, I have these moments where like ideas will come to me mm-hmm. and I think I ended up watching a documentary on it. Like when I was back in college about, um, how like certain rock singers or certain uh, really well-known musicians will have this thing where like an idea or whatever like energy or whatever vibe is in the room kind of like hits them and they're just kind of like a vessel in that moment and the idea comes it's like all right let's try and figure out how to play this so it's like all right either I, someone plays it or i beatbox it and i kind of just build off of that or I have like some really cool chord progressions or I find a sound that kind of sparks some interest and it's like, all right, let's, let's kind of mess with this. And I take like a really weird approach, like, like using the sound, like I'll take it and I'll be like, all right, how can I use this sound differently? Right. And so I just kind of like try and figure out something until something sticks. Do you, I'm curious, do you ever get ideas when you're just not around your equipment? And if you do, like, because oh, that happens to me all the time. What do you do when you get an idea and you don't have your stuff on you? So I'll, I'm, I'm like iPhone handy at all times because that it, 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 there's so many like like when I used to I used to work uh, a job as a catering specialist hmm. three years ago. I, I worked uh, for about a year and a half with a, a, a sandwich company. And um, there would be these moments where like I'm at work. And literally, I have, like, an idea hit me. And that's where I'm like, yo, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go to the bathroom, maybe about two minutes. I'll be in there super quick, and I'll just record the idea on, on my uh, phone. I'll send it to my email. Or, but at that time, I didn't have an iPhone, so I had, like, an Android. Mm. And so I would, like, email it to my, my email. And so when I get back home, I would just attack it as soon as I get off my off the job. Right. So, yeah, I, I would, like... I'd literally like record it as soon as I possibly could. Yeah, I didn't I'd forget? It'd be it. lost. I'm, it's gone. <laughs> I hate when that happens. You just lose. Like you have this great idea and it's just gone. Like oh man, yeah. Literally, I have this one concept. Like before I actually got here, actually, and I had a friend of mine uh, uh, in mind for it. I wanted to. I had this like idea for a bass line, some really chill drums, some chords, and maybe a guitar. But I wanted to like program it. I haven't got a chance to like do it yet. But I, I was like, "Yo, can I can I excuse myself right now from the conversation? I need to go record this. I'll be right back." Just the like, middle hey. conversation. Literally the middle <laughs> conversation. I just remember I looked and just I I got it. I got to step away. I'll be right back. I just got to record this. Like, yeah, sure. So yeah, I, I have to record it. If if not, it's it's kind of gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. I for me, it's like I got the notes handy. I got like million million dollar ideas in this phone like i feel Dude, like you know it's just i feel that and, and, and actually what someone's saying is this the most insane thing that's ever like i haven't experienced anything this insane 
uh, in a while, but I remember there was this, um, it happened to be 2017. I was in this space where I wanted to like play live music and live jazz and progressive rock and all that. I just started learning about all that type of music from like the seventies, eighties. And so, um, I remember I was like, I was just, cause like, I'm, I'm also a believer. I'm also believe in God as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I remember I was like praying to God. I was like, God, if you could just give me some idea of what this, this, I like, what kind of music you want me to create? Cause I've been listening to so much different jazz and rock and live music and so on. I kid you not. I remember it was maybe late October, or early October. It was 3 a.m. And I usually fall asleep beside my, beside my laptop. Cause I was also a college student at that time. Um, <clears throat> fell asleep beside my laptop and around three o'clock in the morning I had this idea for a chord progression and I could not go back to bed at all and I was just like were you were you like in bed sleeping I was like a, in bed asleep <laughs> and I and I and like I, I woke up went to go pee tried to lay back down and I had this idea for a killer chord progression I just remember I couldn't shake the chords and I was just like all right, let me try and program. <laughs> I try to like program the notes into the the laptop, and so I, I, I programmed it, and it was in a weird count too. Um, and I woke up after that. I I went to sleep after putting the chords down. I woke up the very next day. I also had my drums in my apartment complex. Thankful that I had dope neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they weren't they complaining were, about you. They didn't complain at all. Never had to complain. I told uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> and um. I uh, ended up recording the drums, and I, I remember I mixed it down a little bit because I'd been learning about how to, like, mix live drums, and I played it back. And I remember it clicked. It clicked, and I was like, oh, shoot, this is what I've been trying to make. <laughs> like, what? And so uh, wow. I, I went to my homie's place, and I was like, because I have a, I had a my my, my closest home my, my my brother uh gfl paul i okay. work at music at his at his studio i was like bro i think i have what the next idea concept is and he was like all right play it and so i played it he trips out i'm tripping out we're all like dude we should do a live band jazz project we should do all that man we should do rock music just, let's just do it let's just do it and so literally for a good couple years i have like nothing but logic project sessions of us just trying out all these different recordings and that turned out to be my last album that came wow out. it did yeah it turned it, out to be last album yeah uh it all ends uh that whole project was recorded uh in an apartment complex damn yeah well that's crazy as well uh so you like rewind it a little bit so you prayed that day it, w- it wasn't even like that day it was more i remember it was just like that week where I was like I just remember being super bummed about like not being around friends that you know wanted to create and had the same drive for music because it's one thing to like you know go to a school where you know you're you're excited about a degree and then you go and then you realize not everybody else is like excited as you are so it kind of bums you out yeah it's like can I just be around somebody who wants to like do what I want to <laughs> do that like they don't even have to do what I want to do at least at least need to just be like you know motivated like get out of their situation yeah it's important and so I just remember I was like really in a down place and I just like I was like praying to God I was like yo I I I'm in a place where I'm thinking I'm about to leave school. I'm about to leave. I just want to be surrounded by people who are like like minded. Yeah. And I remember it was piece by piece. 
I started meeting one homie that led to another homie. I ended up meeting this guy named Tessellated, Josh Meeks. He ended up coming out with a a, pro, a, a song by the uh, called Learned, I Learned Some Jazz Today. It was one of the records off of the um, the commercial for the AirPods. The guy oh, bouncing was? on the... the oh, you've yeah, seen that one. <laughs> I went to school with that guy who made that song. Oh, shit. What a yeah. small world. Yeah. And so, I, like, that led to my homie GFL Paul. I literally created all of my, my like, the last three years of my music was created at his apartment complex at his crib wow and it was like all right the music and everything kind of like just came together it, it, it was weird it was like two or three months that just everything just started like connecting you know? that's god man yeah that's crazy. man it was, it was it was man it was it was definitely god bro that so. that's important though like like you said earlier to put yourself around like-minded people like that because you feed off of each other right oh like, yeah and they don't necessarily have to be helping you out, but it's just being around those people, like, yeah. is important. It's Im- it's important to be around, surrounded by like good energy that will push you and support you. Yeah, you know, and usually, like, what was it? You know how that the saying goes, like, your five closest friends will depict your future. Yeah. So, like, I started looking at all my friends. Everybody is like heavy on music. And I just remember, like, all right, you know, I'm about to, like, take advantage of the opportunity I have. And I've created probably what I feel right now is, like, the best music I've ever made in my life. Wow. And so, and essentially, it it gets even crazier because the older I, the more older we, like, you know, I get, I end up meeting more, more and more, you know, talented people. And it just, like, it just gets better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hear you. It's because like, you, you have that good like foundation of friends that are into it, so it just grows from there. It's important to have a great foundation, man. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Since yeah. since you have so much experience with gospel, have you ever like considered doing something to fuse gospel with like your sound? Yeah, that was and that was like the it all ends project. Oh, it was. Yeah, because okay. like I grew up playing drums in church like for mm-hmm. years, and so um, going going from that into college it was a part that like i really missed because like being away from home i couldn't like play my drums like that i like i used to because my dad would play keys actually the craziest thing is there would be this time where like like because you know in church there'd be this thing where like you know god starts moving and the music starts playing and you just kind of like just free flowing i remember like i wanted my album to have that feeling where it's like a church band kind of free flowing for 45 minutes but they're like doing these different genres no particular rules right it's just you're just playing and kind of like giving it back to god okay so yeah that was that like that origin even with the chords i play and stuff like that like i can't like shake not playing gospel chords because that's what i know right so i mean i'm able to play like you know other types of musics too but that's like that's like it's embedded i feel you there's man there's some good talent in churches like all man. around like gems oh, like some of the best like what was it some of the greatest musicians on the planet have come from like a from, church background from the, being in choir and choir, choir gospel man even the biggest artists on the planet like they got some sort of church background. That's Snoop, facts. Doc, Snoop Dogg. He, he I, does? Yeah. I don't know that. To, my, my dad always tells me, he's like, yeah, you know, Snoop Dogg used to sing in the choir, right? He was like, I was like, what? Wow. And so there's an old photo, like, years ago. His mom talks about it. Like, Snoop Dogg's mom. 
yeah, they, that's crazy. They, they, he definitely grew up in the church. He even made a full length gospel album. He did. It, I'm yeah. asleep on it's, <laughs> it's 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 unique because it's thirty something songs. It's thirty songs, but it's all tight. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. He actually actually came out with it. Um, maybe 2018 2019 and it was it was super mm-hmm. random we didn't expect it because i think it was before like kanye west decided to to do the the gospel project what do you think like, about that that was pretty cool but at the same time i also hear i also hear like i i and i know what the project was going to be if it wasn't uh, uh jesus is king they there's multiple videos of it on youtube of what the record was going to sound like it kind of it kind of hits a little harder Really, the the other version, the um, what's what what was what was he gonna call it? Um, it wasn't Jesus King, but it was like uh, Yandi, because he was oh, gonna call right. it, he yeah. was gonna call it Yandi, but then he that's like true. went to Africa and said I was gonna finish it, never finish it, turned to Jesus King, but mm-hmm. like the whole record, like there's original takes of like the album, and it was supposed to hit harder, but as far as the message that he wanted to portray, I think he did that. I think yeah. it was. I think, you know, he's actually genuine in what he's saying. I didn't think he was like <clears throat> tripping or anything, but yeah, I think it was I think it was for what he was trying to bring across, I think it was a pretty cool project. Yeah. So definitely I th- I just think a lot of people uh reason why he got a lot of criticism for it was probably because the f- his fan base oh like yeah. isn't <laughs> isn't really into that. Yeah. And and it and it's really unique because a lot of people that I personally know, like, in church, they're like, yo, wouldn't it be kind of cool? Just, like, just have somebody that was, like, kind of cool with faith, bro. Like, yeah. they like they cool with, you know, with, with, you know, being saved and being open about it. And Kanye, out of all people, I wouldn't have expected Kanye West to be like, man, listen, I can't even sing my old songs no more. Like, right. <laughs> that is a bold statement to make. Like, I like some of his songs have been like the biggest selling singles, like yeah, ever. He's arguably one of the most influential people, like ever. On Earth. Man. Like in in like my dad. It's because my da- I told my dad about it. My dad was like, man, nah. but now he literally plays his choir's music like all the time. He's like, man, did you hear that bass line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, <laughs> like my dad literally is like heavy on Jesus is King, so. right? Okay. Yeah. I always appreciate it when uh somebody who has like the limelight in a certain industry like pays homage to their faith like Xavier Omar or Sango, you oh, know what man. I mean? It's and it's good music too, like and stuff that people who not necessarily like may not have faith, they can also relate to it too. Exactly. And that was and that was so and that was the coolest thing too cuz when I ended up um because I met Sango online through Twitter. You know, following me because I was, like, posting mad remixes and Katrin and I was playing a lot hey. of remixes in the shows. And Sango had been following me. And so when I ended up going on tour with Sango, uh, it was really dope knowing that we both were like-minded that way. Like, he, like, I think, what was it? There was a situation where his dad was, like, reading the Bible before it shut, before his show <laughs> in Detroit. And he was just, I was cool with it. Yeah. I was like, dang, man. Like, this is, this is dope. Because... My dad is like the same type of person where he's like he just wants to bring bring light to to a room. He's like, all right, just you know, I know you guys like you know you may not believe or anything like that, but you know I might have something that could you know bring light to this situation. So he'll like impart some knowledge and, and kind of like everybody benefits from it. Yeah, and so <clears throat> yeah, like to utilize that 
because for me what i i believe music is a tool music and what we do is is the tool like it's not the end all be all because essentially whenever people listen to music um it is usually attached to something for instance hearing jesus is king honestly it goes back to faith yeah uh and when, when whenever i listen to um sango's project he also had a project too that was like a lot about uh his walk with god um in the comfort of and uh that mm-hmm. was the tool to kind of like you know spread the gospel in a way xavier omar does exact same thing. i see what you're saying like so, it could it technically it could be a form of gospel yeah but you just don't realize it exactly like, um, you could it, it it could be anything you it, you could use the littlest thing for it like it could be something as simple as like being a delivery person and you go and visit people and drop off their their stuff but at the same time ask them how the day ask people how their day is going and if you mm-hmm. do that consistently for like a good minute people will remember that yeah and it's like there's something that it also is very enlightening where it's like you know you go back to that same person you're saying like how's your day going like they, you talk to them like you know what no one's ever asked me how my day is going i've been working for 23 years you know it's like <laughs> dang yeah. like so like let me actually tell you how my day is exactly it's like it's good yeah, like yeah. <laughs> instead of just being like someone who just passes by, like be a light, be a light. So it's yeah, yeah. music is a tool. Everything we do, media is a tool. Yeah. You know, it's all about how you use that to to convey the message. Like, what message are you trying to portray, right? Um, or esen- essentially, for me, like, and which is why, like, I really resonate with the podcast that that you guys do. It's about Thank like you. growth mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, be- becoming better and inspiring people to becoming better. Uh, for me, I've always wanted just to just inspire people to be better, and that's why I like my favorite, um, my favorite basketball player. And even when I was doing basketball, he was like my favorite, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I remember I like I just really loved his work ethic because he would do some amazing stuff on the court, and I was just like, dog, how does he do it? And he yeah. like you don't know how many years of hard work I put into this, but at the same time, all of that was meant to make somebody become better like yeah like there was a commercial with uh kanye west he did the commercial with kanye best he was like how many more records can i break and kind of was oh, like yeah, yeah. more records more records. <laughs> and then and he's like how can i how can i break more records he was like and then kobe says something really enlightening and kanye's like what does that mm-hmm. even mean kobe <laughs> what does that mean kobe <laughs> Bryant? and kobe's like you're welcome it's <laughs> 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 so though it, essentially uh, it, it, it's it's perfect because it just it it's a tool to just help build, inspire. So me, I'm just trying to inspire people to be better at anything they're doing. It could yeah. be some in their, their everyday job. Like, how can I do what I'm doing but better? Or how can I achieve and chase what I want to do and become better at that? Because I think it really, it really like, hit me when I was uh, coming out of college and I had to, like, really find a job to, like, you know, support myself uh, uh doing music and whatnot and so um I, I i remember i was working as a the catering specialist for a minute and it was not my job that i felt was was for me you didn't feel fulfilled i didn't feel fulfilled in it but at the same time i was like you know thankful that god put me in a position that i can like make money and be able to support myself and have like my own place and so I was like, all right, if this is where I'm supposed to be right now, then mm-hmm. I'm going to take full advantage and be the best catering pet. I love I that. Be. I love and that. And so we ended up becoming number three in the company, like company wide. 
because wow. because like I, I I remember I was like just passionate about just trying to help serve just being the best version of yourself exactly in anything you do so and other people in turn see that and they're like how can I change what I'm doing and it has a trickling effect very true I'm a big believer in that what you just said like no matter what you're doing if you work at McDonald's if you oh yeah the garbage man like be the best garbage man you can be like man. embrace embrace that role you're in because you're not gonna be forever like <laughs> exactly and it translates into, into what you want to do in life exactly literally you deliver the trash and then say hello miss Annie Mae every morning she'll yeah. remember you yep. she'll remember years from now like yeah I remember you saying good morning matter of fact I want to give you a gift a gift what do you mean a yeah, it's, you, the, it's stuff like that. If you do things with good intentions, like more times than not, good things gonna happen to you. And the fact that you never know who you're talking to—not that you should do it for that reason—but you know, that person may be somebody you don't even know who they are. Like they could be somebody big and what you want to do, and it can end up becoming like an opportunity that oh, you yeah. just got blessed with. Oh yeah, it's everything is an opportunity to kind of like shine light and serve. So essentially. That's my purpose. Yep. This is a serve, so. I love it. Yeah. Did, did you ever want to do anything else besides music, like, when you were younger? I really wanted to be a crazy thing. So, do you have you ever heard of AM1 Streetball? Yeah. I wanted to be a professional streetball player. Street, not even NBA. Just not NBA. Ball. I just wanted to do some tricks. I just wanted to make people go crazy. <laughs> like, because my favorite streetball player was uh, Hot Sauce. Because Hot Sauce would do this thing where, like, he'll, like, dance and he'll, like, throw the ball off people's heads and he'll just, like, he'll be doing some crazy stuff. He'll break people's ankles. And he still does the thing, same thing now, but it's not to the same effect. But I remember, like, seeing that kind of joy he would put on so many kids' faces where it's like, I want to be like you, what you do. I wanted to do that same exact thing. Yo, you got you got some good intentions, man. Like, cause <laughs> even even like what you just said, you wanted to you wanted to be that so you can have effect on people. And what you're doing now, you want you're doing it because you have an effect on people. So it's like yeah. you've always wanted to have an effect on people. It seems yeah. like it's I, I, it really it's really to my foundation, man. Cause like I I used to see my grandmother. Cause my grandmother's like also a pastor now. Cause she, mm. she ended up like messing up her voice. Like her, she ruined her voice like years ago. And, um, because she couldn't sing it to the, the level that she could when she was younger, she ended up becoming a pastor. But also at the same time, she's also, excuse me, no <laughs> serving uh, the community where she's at. She like makes food for all the, the homeless people. Like she'll have the doors open to the church and anybody who's homeless and they need food, like she'll feed the community. You know, okay. Lots of food, and so <clears throat> it's all about uh, having the good intention to serve. Because essentially, when you look at how to you know make money or be able to like benefit in relationships, it's not about like what a person can do for you. It's about what you can do for the person. Yeah. So that's I've I've always had that like outlook on it. Where my dad, my dad always, my dad, my grandmother was always like, don't make it be about you it's not about you <laughs> yeah you know especially growing up in church playing drums it was not a we i remember it was we oh what was it my grandmother used to say she used to be like we are not here for fashion and show we are here to serve for a purpose wow and it was that was what church was about and so really special things would happen when we would take ourselves out of it and allow whatever god wanted to do or whatever the mission was to be put in the forefront so yeah so you blessed to have a such a strong foundation to fall back on wow 
Yeah, and it, it definitely helps me get through a lot, especially the last couple of years. Actually, like doing music independently, mm. it's, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, man. Yeah, especially realizing that you can't make a lot of like making money from music. Like you have to use music as a tool to make money. From yeah. It. So Will I Am like said that years ago, and I'm like. Like, my brain has been shook ever since for that. Especially, like, in Orlando, too. How is the music scene out there? So, it's actually beginning to change a little bit. Um, because Orlando has been so Latin and R&B-based. There's actually a lot of artists that are coming out doing a lot of the stuff that, like, I create. Uh, there's a homie out there named Drex Carter. Crazy talented artist. He's like one of the pioneers out there like kind of pushing it in the independent field he actually just dropped uh, a single with a bunch of my friends in a giant super group called see you soon um and everybody in the group is just crazy dope and the beats are hitting like my homie my homie iggy and kenny both producing tracks and there's maggie barker man this all my friends are in the group and it's like Dang, we all make this type of sound. But it's, it's not the sound of Orlando, but to know that that is there. Yeah. And we're, like, pushing that now. It's kind of cool. You and could be the people to, like, make that yeah. a wave. So I'm, like, I'm kind of excited that, you know, I'm, I, I've worked with these guys. And, you know, that's, like, that's like what's beginning to be, like, the thing in Orlando. Rather than uh, going to a show and you just hear, like, you know, the local trap rap as right. usual. And it's not even like the the usual trap rap that you would hear like on on like the radio. It'd be like, it'd be like um, someone saying something really like derogatory, really demeaning. And I'm like, ah, how is that gonna build somebody? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, that the the scene is definitely starting to take like a, a shift in the culture, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm realizing that's that's all that all starts at the at the um, the beginning. Right. So. That's so cool that you get to be a part of it too, you know? Yeah, man. I'm I'm really excited, like, especially with everything going on. It's super super enlightening and very inspiring. So Okay. Well, um, as far as music goes with like producing it and making it, from when you first started, not I guess not like when you were six, but when you first kinda started making music, um, in the early stages of when you got serious. Mm-hmm. How has it transitioned to now as far as it's like all the technology that's come out, like these streaming oh, platforms? There's so much technology. It's it's actually ridiculous at the amount of technology that's out now. Like uh, I think I was uh, hanging out with a homie of mine, uh, Bose, and he was saying like, yo, there's actually a robot that can actually create music now. Like it'll sit with you and actually program stuff along with you. And I'm like, what he's like yeah so basically this robot has and i forgot what the name of it is but it's literally like it's a very very premium expensive piece of hardware but this robot has all the top biggest songs that have ever came out on the radio and they utilize the information from that um uh from the music and the robot to kind of create what would be considered like a perfect hit or like a perfect song and so um my homie was like playing keys and then the robot would be able to figure out like hey this x this is this chord you should play this chord to this chord and it was it was nuts but he, he was like man i made music with that thing i can't i can't unthink about the experience yeah <laughs> but to know that that technology exists 
uh, who would have thought who, there's something like that even out there? Oh yeah, and and I I guess what understanding how to like you know move forward and be able to grow along with things rather than just like staying behind and kind of watching from a distance is to kind of just learn from the culture because um, one guy that and I've been listening to him a lot lately and I, I think this, he's really the reason why like I've been able to make it so far within like understanding music and so and whatnot his name is uh, Steve Stout you ever heard of uh, Steve Stout before no I can't say that I have so Steve Stout he the New York Knicks recently just uh assign him as like one of the advertising people to kind of like help the team but Steve Stout is he used to be the manager for Jay-Z for Nas and for Kanye West oh damn years ago and so he he like he was the reason like like Nas started popping up in movies and like instead of him just being a rapper he was like popping up in like different different things so um I guess learning from technology one thing that he implemented was understanding the culture and if you want to understand how the future of music goes and how to be able to keep keep up with it and whatnot just look at the culture and so one thing that he said as example was was um i think it was uh will smith did the movie uh what was the name of the movie he he was wearing the shades men in black men in black okay men in black one came out and the movie did like a certain amount but here's the thing what actually sold more money than the actual movie and the copies and the tickets for that was the glasses the glasses the glasses sold way more than the movie and the tickets all that together it was like 14 million dollars what <laughs> and so when he was what? like when you looked at like cuz essentially the movie in the the entertainment like part of it people will forever remember a movie right but if you were to get glasses you can keep those glasses for you for for the remainder of your life that's true and so you hold that you carry like you look at rock music the reason like some of the greatest bands have like withstand because they were a part of culture and they went with culture they have shirts people still wear acdc shirts but you don't see them doing any shows i see what you're saying (laughs) so i was like dog so like you take that same thing and kind of like move with it within everything that's the reason Kanye West has been still so effective 10 years later after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy because he looked at culture moved with it and he's still easy he got the whole easy shoes like it's a billion dollar company now that's so true I never thought about like that there's so many ways that that translates to as well like even like Anthony Davis, he trademarked the unibrow. He's just like, yes. usually people are just like, shave the unibrow. He's like, I'm a rock with this. I'm a rock and with then the, he's yeah. selling merch with the unibrow. unibrow he yeah, has yeah. like logos with the unibrow. And, and literally, when you hit 60, the same person who buys it, man, they're going to be like, man, I remember when I was in 2020, I'm, I was 20 years old. I ended up getting a unibrow shirt and I never never watch this thing again it's like you're 65 years old you still you haven't watched it it means that much yeah it's so yeah it's it's something physical that like you know you can retain and kind of like move forward with that's that's how you you know move forward with culture so i guess when it comes to like you know music in the industry just kind of like learning from it and kind of like how to like get better and improve and embrace what's what's new and what pops up so with that whatever that culture is yeah like soundcloud culture was starting to embrace 
a lot of a lot of beat makers and i remember i was so against it to really? make trap beats oh i really did not like making trap beats but at the same time i was like what if you took trap beats and put like a real creative spin on it like give us some like swagger to it rather than making it like some edm trap pop stuff and so i remember k Trinata did that with one of his records and then it like popped and then he was like okay i really enjoyed doing dance but like what if i just put my own spin soulful spin to it and then now you have this like slowed 108 house neo beat, soul, neo soul yeah. and that's like his sound yeah but it's also like years of him like you know going through the uh, the different Daft Punk records and Justice and like all that. Yeah, uh, Lou, his brother Lou Phelps talked about on the last last podcast too how they uh, hasn't come out yet, but how they kind of found that sound from yeah. the beginning where they were just using like Microsoft's something and they were just finding where it sounds and like it's all a part of you till this day, like it is for you as well, right? Like, yeah, and that was the coolest thing because I remember being a kid being like that guy who just wanted to learn i was just so, i just wanted to i was so excited to like learn about information because the way i am is if i learn something that's like a con a, a simple concept with like multiple pieces i want to enthrall myself in it until i really get it and so i remember i would just talk to katra all the time about like the different beats he was making and so one thing he was really good at was like doing this little side chain compression with his beats because his kick drum would hit and everything else would get quiet for a moment and then everything else would come back up and so i was like dog how do you do that he's like man to be honest with you i'd be automating that thing and i'm like what do you mean automating he's like so i literally draw out each hit and i'm like you draw out all those hits so that air pump feeling is literally drawn out he's like yeah <laughs> like that <laughs> and so i was like hey right, i'm gonna try the same thing and i had like a very similar concept but i started applying it to my own stuff like katri kind of plays a huge role in like my sound and stuff that's dope so, he's, yeah. a, he's amazing man and what he does like transcend it i would too if i were you because i mean in any industry that's what you do to get better like you're taking oh, yeah. little tidbits for me, I used to play football, so I would. Oh, really? I, yeah, I would. I would watch like some of my favorite players, and obviously just take like little things that I saw that they did that I, I could apply it to my game, and that's like that for anything, right? What What position did you play? I played safety, uh, but okay. going against status quo, like <laughs> I don't look like a safety, but yeah, that's yeah. what I played. Like that was my right. my position. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty tight. Yeah, back in the day, man. Not back in the day. It wasn't too long ago, but, like, <laughs> yeah. You ever see yourself getting back out there to play? Not, I think like, it, not like football, but more like, you know, like tag. Or just just like, like flag football flag or something football, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to, actually. I would love to. I just, I've been out, I think I've been out the game for, like, two years now. And I was so dedicated to it for so long that, like, this break that I have is, like, kind of needed. But I've been, like, itching for it ever since. But, that same passion that I used to have for football is now in this. In this, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's – I found something I like doing, and that passion just translates to that, to this now. So, like, mm. I kind of – I'm that void or that itch that I'm scratching is now for this rather than a sport. Mm. But I do want to find a hobby, like, yeah, an athletic that. hobby to take part in, like, boxing or taekwondo or yeah. jiu-jitsu, you know, something that keeps me active. I feel that. I, I, I'm I'm still like that still with like basketball because basketball is like a basketball is like a form of um, 
meditation almost. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, when, cause when I used to play basketball, I would get into these moments where like I get in the rhythm and everything, everything I would shoot in the rim would just hit the back of the rim and right in. It wouldn't even flinch the net. And I remember just like that feeling of like, all right, that's what I have to do in order to be able to get that ball into the hoop and make it do that. I would do it consistently. I actually, actually ended up uh, playing one game in high school. I scored like twenty something points, but I remember every shot looked and felt like that. Ooh, that's such a good feeling, man! It was just like I was just. (laughs) (laughs) It it did like the the net net the net barely flinched. I think my dad filmed like part of it. He was like, "He's in his own. He's (laughs) He's in in his own." Mamba, he's in Mamba. (laughs) That so if if you need to get rattled, they would like. I don't want that, man. I just remember I. And I, 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 I never forget this because high school, I was so enthralled with being like Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter. I was heavily addicted to like watching those guys growing up. So I shaved. I remember I shaved all my hair, right. ball headed and I also had the armband and I had like the Nike Air uh, Nike uh, flight ones. They're all black. But I didn't even know that particular shoe was Michael Jordan's shoe that he wore against Penny Hardaway. Damn. Yeah, Penny Hardaway, like, because what was that? I think Michael Michael ended up leaving his shoes on the plane. And they were like, is there anybody else that has a size 13? Penny Hardaway was in the exact same arena, had a size 13 air flight. Michael dropped, like, 45 points oh, on him in, those, in his shoe, his own shoes. And so I, I wore the same shoes. And I remember, like, I, I remember I, could, I didn't play at all for a good part of, part of the um, season because coach had favorites. Mm-hmm. And... I remember I was I was in this zone where like I'm mad, but I'm also very like in tune with what's going on. And so, I think at the very beginning of the game, we started like shooting shots around, shoot around, and I remember shooting the one shot, and I I think it just literally went clear through the net without any hesitation. Didn't even hit any part of the rim. It just boom, and every shot I was shooting was boom like that. And so I was like, I told my teammates, I was like. Yeah, tonight's tonight's gonna be you cool. You can feel night. it. And so, yeah, I, I remember I was just shooting fadeaways. I think there was one one shot where I think I was like I was driving like down the I was like walking down the the court, brought the ball down, and everybody's like, "Yo, he got the ball again!" And so, like, I think I was right by the logo. I literally pulled up maybe an extra five feet behind the three point line. It just went right in, and as soon as it went right in, my whole teammates went crazy. The, the gym starts going nuts and I just remember shaking my head like nope I, I can't do nothing now I'm, I'm in a zone and yeah. so basketball is like that meditation thing for me so I, okay. I, I go to the basketball court and whenever I'm like not making beats or anything I'll just grab a basketball and I'll just shoot until I see that same thing and I'll just keep going for maybe a good 10 15 minutes so if it like if you get stuck in the studio because i'm sure you can get stuck there for hours oh, like a whole man. day is that like something you do to break get a break <clears throat> yeah i try to at least get out of the house like because lately i've been i've been so enthralled in the house like i'll make a bunch of beats and then i'll make a video and i'm literally spending hours in my bedroom it's easy to lose that. track of time right oh man literally it'll, it'll literally look just like this after <laughs> five beats <laughs> Like five beats you in, woke up already, five beats later, it's like it's like dog. I didn't even I haven't eaten breakfast yet. <laughs> oh shit! But I just I just remember I was like heavy into what I was doing, and I just literally lost track of time. But that's how basketball shooting basketball feels. It's like mm. nothing else matters except for this. Okay. And so I kind of treat that same thing when I go back to the music. I'm able to focus. Uh, even the coolest thing, the most coolest thing is um, you ever heard of 432 hertz? No. 400, so. <clears throat> 
432 hertz is uh the frequency of uh nature so like it's the earth tone and uh physically it's actually had some uh clinically proven things that if you listen to it for about a good 10 15 minutes it actually has the ability to relax you and so i remember i i think it around early january because a friend of mine put me on a 432 hertz and so he was like yeah you should just listen to it you know in the morning when you wake up and so like you know now i wake up i pray in the morning and um uh first 10 minutes of the day i just sit you know play 432 hertz either through speakers or on my earphones and i'll just like try and just relax and then i'll wake up like no well, not wake up just like stop meditating and i'll look and i'm like i'm kind of calm right now <laughs> and it's that same calm i got when i, when I make beats same calm i have when i shoot that jump shot where it just goes right through the net it's the same calm it's called 432 hertz 432 hertz that makes sense i mean that's i feel like that's what i would want to wake up to myself yeah. i need to i'm gonna look into that for sure because right now i wake up and like i look at my phone and i always try not to i'm like i, I need to like at least an hour from not looking at my phone like when i phone. wake up yeah yeah but i always i'm going to it and i don't realize it. i'm like it happened again like, yeah Damn. I, I, I guess it's like, you know, just because because like it, it's it's a it's a unique thing because, you know, life right now is kind of built around having your cell phone. It is. And it's kind of hard to get away from that unless you're like Kanye West where you can really just not have a phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have the, you have people that work for you. That work for you. Mm -hmm. And so like I, I I guess rather than because there's certain things that, you know, patterns that we develop. I guess it's like just getting in. I, I think it's just modifying our habits into a healthy way, like changing it where it's like instead of me, when I wake up, I look right at my phone. I like turn off my alarm and I'll just like, all right, I have the frequency there. Let me just sit here for 10 minutes. Let me just let me just chill real quick. And then you chill and it's like, all right, 10 minutes are gone. You're now like, all right, how can I tag today? I like that. You, you literally I looking at that. it. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. So, yeah, I mean, it sets the tone for the rest of the day rather than waking up like you never know what could pop up on your phone that's going to influence your mood, right? Exactly. Somebody could say something like messed up or like you see something on Twitter and it's just like puts you in a state of oh, unease, man. right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's I, I literally I play 432 hertz every morning and I don't feel shaken. I don't feel shaken at all. Yeah. So. Right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to look into that for sure. Definitely. Um. But talking about your your most recent release called Uh Oh, right? Uh uh, yeah. Uh uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I've I've had a lot of people ask me about it because they because some some one person was like, is it uh uh or is it uh huh? And the H is just not there. And I'm like, it's set just, the record straight. It's just uh 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 uh. Okay. <laughs> just, well, uh -uh. What uh what inspired that that track? So I I you know I've been making a lot of videos of me just like in the the studio just creating um and so I remember I uploaded it. And because I have a thing where I also upload the same exact video to my Instagram story. And so I just remember when I uploaded the video, so many people have followed me off of that video on my Instagram, and my Twitter. And they're like, you need to release this. Like, you should release it. And so I was like, OK, I know how long it kind of takes me to kind of finish just one song. Kind of like, you know, I kind of have like six to eight people in my personal circle and also people that, you know, 
are like really 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 popular they like listen to music too so like i i have like that personal circle where i play multiple versions of the song for all of my homies okay and see if i can get like a response and so i remember i played it played just the the idea i had and one friend of mine was like you should do some nostalgic on it and i was like what do you mean he's like so like you grew up on radiohead kid a right i was like yeah he's like play the chorus and just change it a little bit i was like okay <laughs> and so I, I remember i did it and that was the moment i realized i actually had the song in my hands it was maybe a good two couple days afterwards because like in all my videos i play chords yeah. but i didn't think to play the kid a chords somehow some way in the song and so i ended up playing this, playing the track and then I ended up going to do a show in Denver and I had like the idea kind of done and I made the video for it going to uh, one of my homie spots, the studios. And I remember he was like, yo, man, you should totally have some visuals with what you're doing. So the hotel I went to was called the Magnolia Hotel. Literally, when you go into it, the entrance has like a really cool like guitar, like a garage uh, like a parking garage, but when you go into the entrance and you look up, you see all the floors of the hotel literally above you. Oh wow! And so it's like seeing like it's like look it's like looking at a, a giant rectangle, but all the floors of the door, like the windows, are literally like above you. Like it's like looking at looking at four sides of that building literally above you. Wow! And so I remember I put my iPhone down. And I placed it there, and I just recorded myself, like, moving around and stuff. <laughs> and so what stuck out was when I had took it, took the same footage, and just slowed it down. And I put the beat over it, and I was like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> and then it stuck. And so okay. uh-uh, that's how, like, the whole uh-uh visual and everything, like, happened. And everybody was like, yo, you should drop this now. I ended up dropping it a month later. Okay. Because I, I needed the time to finish the song. Yeah. So I, I had to play it through a through a couple monitors and a couple couple like live situations to see if it'll work right. so like even tomorrow i'm gonna have like i have one track that i've been working on for a, a little minute i'm gonna like preview it tomorrow and see like if it works so mm. y- you test it at live at live events yeah I, just to see like if i should make something louder if i should turn some things down like i usually have so much sounds that are kind of like it's blaring i just kind of like all right may this work may this not work so yeah, just see how the crowd reacts to it too. Yeah, and it was weird because I remember I, I did I played uh uh-uh uh before like I even announced it was gonna drop. I just remember I was like, yeah, I got one more track to play. Y'all, y'all ready? Like, yeah. So I played it. People started dancing to it, and I was like, this isn't even out. Like, y'all can't find this song, but they were like, yeah, that's a good is. feeling. And so it <laughs> made me feel pretty cool. <laughs> no, I feel you. I just I just came out with some merch. Um, I just dropped like literally this week. But before it came out, I ordered, like, some samples, and uh-huh. I remember I was wearing it around just, like, the streets or whatever, and, like, f- a few people would, like, be like, yo, that's dope, what is that? Like, uh, and then, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that feels really good. Yeah. It's just, like... It's, it's like, all right, I'm in the right direction. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, like, somebody you don't even know is just, like... Because it's different. Sometimes your friends might, like, be biased towards something that you have. They're like, oh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I like it, but, you know, they're going to say, might say that regardless of what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just literally wear it and don't say anything and just see their physical reaction. Like, oh, you know what? Make that. If that was bigger, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like unbiased opinions of things, you know? Exactly. Always appreciate that when somebody gives you some feedback on something that's actually unbiased. Word. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, 
it's important to take the the criticism and kind of like you know to build mm-hmm. you know got to be careful of the criticism but yeah 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 definitely it's an art kind of um cool we're, we're, all, we're almost gonna wrap up here uh but what do you have going on in the near to late future so because i have to put the the idea out there and uh i'm just gonna put the name i have an album that i'm working on called motto 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 like m-o-t-t-o m-o-t-o m-o-t-o okay. motto was the idea I it eventually was it was I thought it was gonna be one other idea but motto growing up was my imaginary best friend as a kid because I didn't have many friends I used to just stay in my room all day and I would just make beats and I talked to motto and so talk, talk to motto talk to motto and so uh, I <clears throat> I remember uh, motto I would blame everything on motto as a kid. And whenever anything would happen, my mom was like, so who, who broke the vase? I'm like, your motto did it. I didn't do that. <laughs> so motto was basically an older version of me. And essentially looking at who, like, the concept of motto, I essentially ended up, like, saying, like, you know, I think I was, like, eight years old. And my mom was like, so what happened to motto? And, mom, and, mom, and I told motto, I was like, oh, he just got a lot older. He just left. He, he, he moved. And so, essentially, motto is actually me right now, growing out. It's I'm like a grown-up version of myself. Wow, that's what motto is. And so, I'm I'm like, you know, beginning to learn how to like be able to vocalize. How I'm, how I'm able to feel now with music. How I what my true sound is, what my origin is, and how I can like combine that into what I'm doing musically. And so, yeah, it's a it's a project, it's an album that I'm working on called Motto, and. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm completely like embarked on right now. Wow! So you there's like a whole story behind that. Yeah, there's, you you basically evolved into motto. Yeah, literally, I became my imaginary best friend. I am the older version of me, which was my imaginary best friend, motto. I went from a Charmander to a Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you did, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it, okay. I, I wanted to. to I have like a particular style that I'm I'm going for and I'm I'm watching a lot of like uh movies like like uh John Wick uh definitely watch Shaft the old school version and the new one the new one isn't as as okay but it's alright um uh but I want I'm I'm trying to learn about like creating that character that kind of like is like this hero but like a unsung hero almost and that's like the the prime goal i want to be able to express who i really am through this character which is is really me is that important for you when you make albums in general to get into character or is it just this specific instance this particular one is a little different because my last project it all ends everything was ending so i wanted it to sound like everything was ending but everybody thought it was my last album at that at that point. <laughs> Why? Because uh, like it just sounded like death. I mean, every single song had this like death tone okay. to it. So like I think I ended up have, having one song called Eschatology, and I had no idea what that <laughs> meant. I just remember Eschatology sound hard. I'm I don't. Name I don't know what that means. Either. Eschatology basically means the final destination for man. Like, okay. It like you know is this it is this the end this is literally the end of me people thought i was like you're not making music no more like is this it like 
and the record sounds like I literally killed myself off. Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty intense. It's like a movie, but uh, it sounds cool. It sounds really dope. Like all the ideas, the concepts. I'm I'm thankful that I learned what I what I wanted to learn in college to be able to create that create that project. But essentially, it was just a phase where I wanted to take a thematic uh, project and just kind of like put it into a full experience. Uh, but for this next project, I'm actually taking some elements that I've played a lot of shows and I've done a lot of really really cool like. Uh, performances where I'm playing these tracks, I want it to feel like like some Hitman stuff. Okay, you, know, you hear like the Hitman soundtrack. And it's like it sounds like I can play this at a party, but at the same time, you can put this in a movie in a scene, and it makes perfect sense. That makes sense. So yeah, um, that's I, I, I it, it kind of varies depending on the project. Right. When so. is when is that expected to come out? I don't want to put a date on it, but. If I can really, really get locked in within the next couple of months, I think it could be done next year. Okay. So that's like all my videos and everything are kind of leading up. Okay. They're like little tidbits of. Uh uh was only part of it, but I already have like a bunch of ideas. I'm trying to like get features on it. I haven't got like, I want to get like actual features to kind of like feature on the project too and stuff. So I'm just kind of like, you know, weighing out the options, seeing like what can physically be done right now and. I have to keep working for it to kind of achieve that idea. For sure. Well, I'm excited to hear the final product on that. I'm sure a lot of people are too. Yeah. So um, where can people find your music? Uh, what are some where, where can people follow you on social? All uh, that? My social, Kaylin Ellis at Kaylin Ellis, K A E L I N E L L I S, on Twitter. Um, Facebook has a K in the middle of Kaylin and Ellis because there's actually another gentleman by the name of Kaylin Ellis. <laughs> wow, he has the same exact like name, and so um, we're actually really cool friends. Oh, on, really? On Facebook. He's a really <laughs> on cool Facebook. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, my social, my SoundCloud, my Bandcamp, uh, Apple Music. Uh, you you Google Kaylin Ellis, you will probably find something that that deals with with my music. Okay, on there. So yeah, cool. What about uh? You have any last words? Last words. If anything, um. Uh, always remember to uh, s- put put your attention side intentions like your your what you're trying to accomplish aside, and when there's a a thing there to kind of help somebody else, it's always about serving somebody else. And so, uh, essentially, I just want to uh, help inspire people to do that. Just to put yourself aside, serve someone else in that way whatever you put out will come back i love it that's like the theme of your life yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah that i I, that's that's why i i feel could benefit somebody awesome i love to hear it i can definitely get behind that awesome all right well kaylin we appreciate you coming on a great episode and yeah everybody look out for his new music and follow him on socials and yeah appreciate it (laughs) that's a wrap that's gonna wrap it up for another episode of ambiance podcast if you made it through to the end of the episode man you have no idea how much i appreciate that if you enjoyed the episode please tell a friend um let us know on social media we're on instagram at creative underscore ambiance we're on twitter at collective amb and we're on youtube under ambiance so please 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 hit us up and let us know 
Also, we are consistently dropping content on our social media channels, um, whether it's a podcast or it's the vlogs. We got lots of stuff going on in in the near future. We have some pretty exciting stuff that we are going to be releasing. So make sure to follow us to make sure that you do not miss out. So once again, we thank you for tuning in. I hope you walk away with a newfound sense of inspiration, motivation, and growth, and a new idea that you can share with your friends, family, and implement in your own lives. And as always, continue doing what you love, pursue your ambitions, and never never take no for an answer. This is Levi checking out for Ambiance Podcast. Peace.